Welcome to the Spotcast, the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of the people who keep Lehigh University going and growing. I'm your host, Hilary Kwiatek, Employee Communications Specialist in Lehigh University Human Resources. Let's see who we've spotted today. Today's guest is Ainsley Lamberton, Administrative Director in the Office of the Vice President and Provost for Research and Graduate Studies. That's a mouthful, Ainsley. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Um, I wanted to have you on because I think you have a really interesting story, and I thought that our listeners would enjoy hearing about it and maybe get some inspiration from you, too. So Great. Thank you. You ready? I'm ready. So you have been at Lehigh how long? I've been here for 15 years. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty pretty long time. That's a long time. Um, when you uh, started out in college, is this where you expected to be? What did you think you were going to do? Well, I was a political science major at Muhlenberg College, and I thought I would be a lawyer. I thought I'd work for a government nonprofit in Washington or uh, get into some kind of policy work. And it just so happened that when I graduated from college, it was a really tough time in the job market. And I ended up doing uh, public relations work for a PR firm in Allentown. And it wasn't full-time. I was an independent contractor. It was tough but important work. And um, a few years out of college, the job in development opened up for um, a communications specialist. And I really knew that um, I had loved being a part of a college environment when I was a student. I was a tour guide. I was really engaged on campus. And I I was excited about kind of returning to that kind of environment. So, Did you have any connection to Lehigh at all? Or was it just, um, oh, Lehigh is a great university. Maybe I'll work there. I did not have any known connection at the time. Um, I had I'd had friends and colleagues come here for school, but I didn't. I hadn't spent any time on campus. And uh, I had grown up outside of the Lehigh Valley, so I had just come here for college. And uh, so I was just excited about being a part of a good, a good university. But then I have to ask you this because your last name is Lamberton, and anyone who's been on this campus long enough knows that we have a beautiful old building called Lamberton Hall. Yes. So is there any connection? So I, f I found out after I started, uh, I was contacted by a distant, distant relative in California who laid out the, the relation. Robert Lamberton, who was a president of Lehigh, it was my fourth uh, great uncle and uh, a distant relative. We were Minnesotan Lambertons, and they were Pennsylvania Lambertons, but they, they were a band of brothers that go, went their different ways. So, yes, he's a distant relative. <laughs> so it was fate. Perhaps it was fate Perhaps. that you ended up here. And, uh, and of course, you're Minnesotan Lambertons, but you ended up being a Pennsylvania Lamberton it's anyway. True. So. It's true. I got back here. So you started out in the development department, but doing communications. Mm -hmm. um, and what was that like? It was it was a great time. I it was a small department at the time. Uh, my boss Janet Norwood and I were the two person uh, communications team, and we did everything from the larger university events like commencement and Founders Day, uh, the programs, the invitations, everything to. Um, you know, written communications for the president at the time, Greg Farrington, and we worked closely with Gene Farrington on those communications. So it was kind of an all hands on deck 
uh, effort. It was a small department. And as the years went by, Janet got to strategically grow her de- her team a bit. And uh, alumni relations came under development at the time. They became a merged organization. And I had the opportunity to become the director of alumni communications. And that really was exciting for me because I got to take on management of the electronic um, marketing system for events, uh, iModules, which is still in use now, and, um, you know, kind of really get to, to learn more about the alumni side of things when I had just primarily been on the fundrais- fundraising sense. And it's you, so through your time there, you really kind of got to do everything and learn everything in communications. So that's a, the ideal kind of first full-time job, right, where you get to grow and, and learn about all aspects of what you're doing. It really was ideal. And also I had an ideal supervisor. Janet uh, put me out there to try things out myself. She didn't micromanage me. She gave me professional development opportunities and also helped me through my failures when there and there were plenty. So I felt very supported in taking some more risk, which is not really one of my strong suits. Uh, but that, but through the growth of that time, the seven years that I was a part of that organization, I felt very supported. You say that you're not much of a risk taker, but you actually um, switched gears. You pivoted in your career here. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about why you decided to do that and then kind of how you did that. I think that one of the things that I enjoyed most about the work that I did in development was the project management of the, the written communications for events, collaborating with uh, colleagues across the university. And I knew that the way that development and alumni relations was structured at the time, that there wasn't going to be a lot of growth opportunity. And when the job that I'm currently in was posted, I read the description and I was like, oh, that's, that's what I'm meant to be doing. And I had not previously been able to put my finger on it. But um, that was, it was exciting to me. It was very scary because I really didn't know anything about faculty research. And um, I had not worked on the academic side of the university. But when I got the job throughout that first year of just kind of getting my feet wet and learning what I didn't know, um, I really kind of settled in and, and knew it was the right, the right um, jump to take. And I was glad I got to stay here and do it without having to leave. You kind of had to reframe your identity, though, because, um, I mean, as with any workplace, you can get pigeonholed, right? Oh, she's a communications person mm-hmm. or, oh, she's a development person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you develop an identity outside of your office um, that lets people know that you're capable of more than that? It's a really good question. I'm not sure anyone would have ever pointed to me and said, she's a communications person, even while I was in the communications role. I think that one of the reasons that I've been able to continue to evolve here is because I'm a relationship builder. And I find it so important, no matter the role, the project, to um, find people's strengths and opportunities and be able to bring people together around the table in a way that helps get folks out of their silos. And we're a very siloed organization in many ways. So I think I have, I've been able to tap into that skill of just kind of 
the gray area. I don't know. It's kind of hard to, to quantify um, or qualify, but um, those are kind of soft skills that I think maybe people don't necessarily even recognize in themselves, mm-hmm. you know, that people should kind of try to look a little inward and and see that in themselves and see it as a, as a positive in the workplace. So I'm glad that you brought it up because I do think that building relationships across the campus that aren't necessarily even connected to the work that you're doing mm-hmm. um, opens up possibilities sure. for people who want to grow in their careers here. And I think, I think it's probably one of the reasons that I got tapped to staff the presidential search for John Simon. I worked, uh, I had previously served on the search for Pat Johnson. And I think at the time, Alice Gast uh, saw that in me that she, I could pull these things off just from a project management sense, but also collaborate at a high level with trustees and with senior leaders across campus. And that was a really great one-off experience to, to be able to do that for over a year and be a part of bringing John to campus. Yeah, what was that like? Um, was it stressful knowing what was in your hands? or It was an intense time, uh, primarily because I was still doing my job with Alan's office and trying to do that well. And I was working every single day with the trustees who were leading the search. And so it, it, um, it was a lot of juggling of responsibilities, time management, uh, and but also a very fulfilling a fulfilling opportunity. That's so cool. I love that. Um, speaking of the work you do for Alan, what so what is a day like for you? What kind of work are you doing in your office? I think one of the great things about my job is that it's been different every single year. There are some parts of my job that are annual, which is budget, uh, personnel management, helping with the with the hiring of great people, which we've been really successful with over the years. But I think that uh, I, one of the things I enjoy most is being a part of university-wide strategic efforts around research identity, around um, connecting with the right people to make sure that they know what services our team offers. And, and, um, and so it depends on the day, honestly. Um, just making sure people have the tools that they need to be successful, and uh, and that's often done from behind my desk. But but it's a it's an interesting job. And what are the services that you offer? It's to faculty. I'm assuming you're talking about faculty sure, primarily. Yeah. What kind of what kind of support do you guys offer them? So the departments that are a part of our team are the Office of Research and Sponsored Programs. So those are the contract and grant specialists that work with faculty to submit their um, proposals for, for funding, uh, for research funding. Um, the Office of Technology Transfer works with faculty on their uh, licensing and their, um, their IP, their intellectual property. Previously, the Office of Graduate Student Life had also been part of our team, so Kathleen Hutnick and, and her group, and we had worked closely on trying to improve opportunities for graduate students across campus. We have research program development under our team. So Kate Bullard is a a staff member that works with faculty to help bring opportunities forward and also to um, build collaborative relationships across campus around uh, research opportunities. And with our research futures money that was, that's a part of the path to prominence. That's a key uh, driver in trying to change faculty culture is we've got these innovation funds that 
faculty can apply for to to really do some really cool things. That's exciting. And then it helps to raise the profile of your office to have some money to <laughs> offer, I would imagine. It's true. So and then every, people will catch wind of you know, all the other services that you provide, mm -hmm. if they see that, it's like, what else is out there? Right? We, we do, we've been fortunate to have uh, a large suite of internal grants for faculty research that we administer every year. And all faculty kind of know, know what those are. This is, th these funds are taking it to the next level. These could be really transformative projects and could make us very competitive for some federal funding. Uh, another part of our team is the Office of Research Integrity. Um, the Office of Research Integrity works with faculty on conflict of interest, on the use of animals in their research, and also human subjects research. So that's the IRB and the IACUC, um, with the Institutional Animal Care and Use Committee. <laughs> so there are lots of federal rules and regulations that our, our office helps faculty with to make sure that they're they're um, protecting themselves and also the subjects in their studies. So one of the things I want to ask you about is um, supervisory work also. is that That's something that's part of your job now, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So um, how did you go about learning to be a supervisor, gaining those managerial skills? So I didn't actually have the formal opportunity to become a manager until I stepped into this role. And I think that was one of the the biggest arguments I had to make for myself in interviewing for this kind of a role was that I was prepared to take that on. And uh, in my role now in coaching the folks that work with me, one of the things I encourage them to do is to think through all of the tools that they use in group settings, in group projects. They are easily transferable skills when it comes to managing others. You're managing through conflict, you're coaching, you're listening. And, and I think that all of those project management opportunities I had in development and alumni relations really translated well into making the argument that I could be a good supervisor. And it's something I really enjoy now in, as part of my role. I think coaching and mentoring, I, I've benefited from it so greatly over time that I, I hope that I'm able to provide that for other people. Have you had any opportunity to um, use the career enrichment uh, programs of human resources, not to toot our own horn here, but <laughs> <laughs> I think I've exhausted most of the opportunities. Yes, I, I've I've used them um, deeply over the years, and I had the opportunity to do the practices of successful leaders at Northampton Community College and the Center for Business and Industry. That was one of the first really uh, holistic leadership opportunities that I had over a course of days. I had a 360 evaluation, which I thought was really important for my own growth. And then I was also part of the Pragmatic Leadership Institute here at Lehigh. So I, I've, I, I keep going back, though, because I think those skills need to be kept fresh. And you're never really done growing and learning as a, as a manager or an employee. So I try to, try to continue to go. We always encourage folks that they should take advantage of these opportunities. I'm very compliant. <laughs> Fear not. <laughs> so um, I know that uh, you, you know, are also involved on campus in, in other things beyond your job. It sounds like you wouldn't have time to be, but um, did your son go to the, uh, the child care center here? He did. First of all? He did. Owen went to the Lehigh daycare for five and a half years 
and right up until he went to kindergarten. So um, I know we, we recently celebrated the um, retirement of, of the director, Kathy Calabrese, and it was great to see her um, so warmly um, celebrated. It was a great experience for Owen, and I was really glad that Lehi had that for me. And then maybe he'll become one of those kids who went to the child care center and then eventually became a student here at Lehigh. <laughs> We've had quite a number of those. This it's kind true. of amazing. Um, so what other kinds of uh, ways have you been involved here at Lehigh, um, you know, beyond your, your work? I think, I think being involved outside of the office is one of the best things about working in a university, that you can go to lectures, that you can um, audit classes, and that you can serve the community in ways that, you know, fill you up. I've long been involved with the um, the Pride Center here at Lehigh, um, formerly as the co-chair of the Faculty, Staff, and Pride Network, which I think really kind of came into its own in the last 10 years. It had previously, um, you know, not really been widely known about. And so we've done a really, um, I think we've done a strong job of pulling in allies, making it more visible, and certainly then collaborating with the student groups on campus to, to really see how we can be of best use to them. In addition, I'm on what's an, I, called an IRIS mentor um, through the Pride Center. So I have a family of students, graduate uh, and undergraduate, and we spend time together um, and we talk a lot about social change, and that's one of the focuses of of the Pride Center. So we have we have monthly meetings, and um, it's been really great to see students come spend time together over the course of years and then graduate and be so successful. So it's important to me to feel like I can be a resource to students on campus um, as someone who is out and who, who really needed those services when I was a student. It's important to me to, to do that now. That must be very rewarding to... Um to do that because I'm sure there are a lot of students who come here and they may not be out. They may be questioning the pride center is a great resource for them. And to have someone like you in a professional role, you know, be there for them must, uh, it must make a difference for them. I hope so. I hope so. I, I, they never cease to remind me how old I am, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's, um, it's really important for me, I think, as a learning opportunity to see things through their eyes, and it helps me continue to evolve as, as, as an ally to, to the community, too. So that's been really, really, um, you know, an important part of my role here. So finally, um, I just want to ask you um, if you have any advice for anyone who's kind of um, in a similar position to where you were, I guess, eight years ago, thinking about making a shift, um, but wanting to stay at Lehigh. What, you know, any last words of advice for them? So I think a, a really significant part of finding new professional opportunities is networking with folks both in your office but outside your office. Find people who do things that you find interesting. Ask them how they got there. And also ask for feedback if you have the opportunity to do so, whether that's in your your one-on-ones with your supervisor, or from your peers when you're finished with a project. Ask for their thoughts on on where you could be growing or things that they thought that you did well. I think 360 evaluations are a really important tool. I hope we use them more regularly here at Lehigh because getting that constructive feedback helps us see our blind spots. So um, outside of the job board, uh, reach out 
and find some mentors. Find, find ways to really bring out the things that help you thrive. I think that's great advice. I, I really do. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. This podcast is a production of Lehigh University Human Resources. Our producer is Emma Dillon. The podcast is recorded in Lehigh's audio recording studio in Mountaintop Building C. Special thanks to Jarrett Brown of Library and Technology Services for technical assistance. I'm Hillary Kwiatek. Join us next time to see who we spot.